0: Hey, welcome to Just Over the Fence, our monthly podcast where we talk to our friends, get to know our friends, the heart behind the bio.
1: Today's guest, I am so excited. I'm always so excited. I love people.
0: Well, our guest loves people too. Our
1: guest loves people.
0: And she loves them well. Yeah. Even before we knew her, she welcomed us to Colorado to the church we ended up attending for over 10 years.
1: She has a personality that gives you a warm hug. If you're anywhere within her vicinity, even the new six foot rule, you will feel
0: (laughs) (laughs) she'll over, she'll overcome that with her friendly demeanor.
1: Yeah. Right. Yeah. Her personality embraces you. She's Mm -hmm. a beautiful soul and many, many, many people have gained from her wisdom.
0: Wendy Oaks will be here momentarily. Hey, Harry, you know we have a new feature here on the podcast.
1: I do. Sorry, I have a mouthful.
0: Okay, Chris, cue it up.
1: And now it's time for Hey,
2: Harry! Hey, Hey, Harry!
0: Hey, Harry, if you could be any bird, why would you still be a giraffe?
1: (laughs) I would be a flying giraffe.
0: I think you would be I
1: would be a flying giraffe If I could be any bird I would be a flying giraffe That's what I would be You know what I love about a giraffe? The neck I could reach anything You know what I'm saying? I could reach over the fence Just over the fence Get it Ha, ha ha But then I could fly If I didn't feel like reaching Up into the tree To get what I wanted Then I could fly there
0: Up up and away
1: I think that's my favorite question so far.
0: (laughs) Thank you, Chris. CTAudioProductions.com. Harry, let's get to it. What do you say?
1: Enough of us. She's (laughs) the one with the wisdom. (laughs) But
0: but enough about us. All right. Here we go. Wendy Oaks, just over the fence. We attended a service at Greenwood Community Church. Mm-hmm. Teresa and I had moved to Denver looking for a church, and somebody recommended Greenwood. So we come in, kind of slink in, sit in the back row. <laughs> Wendy Oakes was up front giving the welcome, the announcements, and doing it in such a way that we felt like she was talking to us, welcoming us in the back row. And we said, I think we might have a church here. That's thanks to your gift of communication, Absolutely. your ability to— Talk to somebody in the back row who you don't know and make them feel very welcome. Yes. Well, thank you.
3: I guess I would say that whatever comes out of my mouth is what I feel in my heart. Yeah. Not only communication, but
1: what you communicate is hospitality. So it's this warm welcome. We felt like Windy Oaks at this huge church at the time um, hugged us right there in the back row. That's cool. And as, if you listened to last week, you know I said, Okay, God, can I please have her? <laughs> <laughs> and he honored me that. So we,
3: we connected pretty quick after that, didn't we? We connected very quick after that. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, life happens. And when you find connection that yeah. you're talking about, yeah, and you can share that, it's a true gift, Yeah, isn't it? I guess I would say about the communication thing, Matt, that you were saying... I I think without even defining it, growing up or anything, I'm more and more aware of how important it is to be so present Mm -hmm. with whatever you are communicating, to whomever you are communicating. Mm -hmm. You are there in the moment and feeling with the person you're speaking with, in that case, an audience that you love and you're so glad they're there.
0: You were generous with your time with Teresa and the two of you met regularly we as, did as a mm. mentorship and
1: every other tuesday yep four Tuesdays and a half years
3: at your kitchen table at my kitchen with table the sun shining in there i can see it and always there would be a little bowl of fruit and your little glass of water and yes. <laughs> oh i looked forward to that time yes we shared a lot of heart yes. a lot of tears a lot of laughter yeah. and great friendship yes yeah. you can't go four and a half years sharing like that I I will I can't remember exactly Teresa how we actually started I think it was a nudge from the Lord that said please contact Teresa it was. which I did yeah I mean, um, that doesn't happen I can't remember too often that happening right? so I think I called you and said gosh Teresa remember me <laughs> I have this little message that I think was a direct message from the Lord that said that I should get in contact with you. Can we meet? Yes. Yeah. And I said, when? <laughs> <laughs> how about next
1: Tuesday? I did a little arm pump and said, yes, <laughs> the Lord heard my prayers Since the day the Lord drew our journeys together, how many surgeries have we been through with you? Oh, man. <laughs> <laughs>
3: I've gone through 23 surgeries in my lifetime, Hmm. but starting at age three. So lots of them were earlier, but we have been through quite a few. You've made several trips to (laughs) several different hospitals. I always
1: bring lip gloss, a little something to read, and hand lotion because it gets really dry. I think there must have been
3: chocolate in there, too.
1: There was probably chocolate. (laughs) I think so. I think so.
3: I think so. Really, health has been. Part of my life journey, I, I, it it just has because it's been a part of who I've who I am and what I've been given, and it's a and I see it as a very positive thing. Um, first of all, I live in a time when the medical world offers so much to help me, yeah. it's an important part of my journey, and a, maybe an important part of my faith. I had to learn real early. To be strong, I guess, might be the deal. You know, if you're, I can remember when I was uh, not when I was three. That was an eye surgery, but when I was six, I had uh, bladder uh, complications, and hospitals weren't like they are today, where mom and dad can come in and stay all night. And you know, they would come in, you would see the nurse, they would say goodbye, and you can come down tomorrow afternoon at 2 when visiting hours are from 2 to 4, and otherwise you were by yourself. So, um, And my dad had, when I was maybe 4, had given me a a little glow-in-the-dark cross. And he said, you know, wherever you go, you can take this, and Jesus will be with you, and you'll be fine. So that's what I learned (laughs) very early.
1: And I will tell you... Um, at every single time I went to visit Wendy in the hospital, I was prepared to, well, the first couple times I was prepared to cheer her up. The third time I knew she'd <laughs> cheer me up. So <laughs> I was just ready for it because you, on, as now. you walked in, I remember one time this was, uh, you got a rod in your leg. You broke your femur. Yes. And a friend of ours, Marianne, and I uh, came to visit at the hospital. And Wendy immediately called to the nurse, who was by then her friend, and said, Can I get popsicles for my friends too? <laughs> <laughs> I was sure. like, Sure. Really? <laughs> so you can't out, you can't outjoy
3: Wendy, is what I learned oh, on earth. Oh, man.
0: Were you born that way? Or yes. Is it? Yeah. Okay.
3: Absolutely. That is. Um, I I say that so quickly because I know it is. I I couldn't create that. I don't think you can create that. I I do think you can work on being positive for sure, but it has been a tremendous gift to me because if you can be positive, usually the world around you looks a lot better. I've always been able to take whatever comes my way and try to find what's good about it because there is going to be good. In it.
1: Speaking of being born, you are a rare native, are you not? I am a rare native. <laughs> okay. Been here,
3: born in Saint Luke's Hospital. Even my birth was hysterical. <laughs> um, <laughs> oh my maybe that's where the positivity came. Yeah, I don't okay. know. Um, I was born I was born on November the thirteenth and it was a Friday, so Friday the thirteenth, but I should have been born on Thursday. It was very busy time of year. It was snowing, blizzardy. Uh, my older brother, who's two years older than I, was in Children's Hospital with the croup. My mother was wanting to get this baby out so she could get to the sun. And and my dad had fallen down in the parking lot, so he was in the emergency room. Oh, no. And all of the operating rooms were filled. Oh, So they put me and my mom me in the tummy of my mom in the hallway. And I, th- I think they gave her some ether or something to delay this. No, really, this is true wow. story. Okay, oh, So, so they had to wait till they could get, get a room to have me. Wow. <laughs> wow. So I came into the world on Friday the 13th, which was really, I like that.
1: So Denver native. Where did you go to high school?
3: I went to Kent High school, which was then a school for girls. Now it's guys and gals. Right. And you went from Kent to? Knox College. Knox College. Where's that? Galesburg, Illinois. Site of the Douglas-Lincoln debates. And from
1: college, you I'm getting to the bill part. Oh, okay. yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
3: Well, while I was in college, I was applying for a job needed to get a summer job between my sophomore and junior year of college and was hired to take part in the Southmore Swim and Tennis Club. that no more exists, but it did at the time. And that has a story all its own. But it was Bill who was my guy that I would answer to. He, he headed up the, the pool and the tennis program and the whole thing. And we, we met on June 17th. I came back from my brother's graduation at Dartmouth and started right in and we hit it off pretty, pretty quick. Nice. Yeah.
1: And was he a tennis pro? He was,
3: he was. Bill was nine, nine and a half years older than I. So he'd already done college, a couple of things in college, like two degrees. He'd gotten a business degree and a teaching degree and he had a stint in the Marines. So he had some life experience under his belt. We did Uh, get engaged that next november and i was 20 and i attribute this to some of his maturity said we're not getting married before you get out of out of college i was very involved in everything from sororities to other organizations and dorm person and you know all the whole thing and he didn't want he didn't want me to not have that experience so he said well you know when you're done we'll get married so that's what we did. So Tim,
1: who's older? Tim or Tony?
3: Tim is older. He okay. was born in November of 67. And Tony was really September of 69. So two amazing young men in my life.
1: So um, what three words would you use to describe yourself? We've described you. We've told everyone who's listening well, <laughs> part of what we think about you and how we describe you. But what three words would you Oaks... Well,
3: positive would be one. I would probably say Positive, joyful, encourager.
0: I'm not shocked that your three words all kind of live in the same neighborhood either.
3: Yeah, I think so. They kind of melt together, don't they? Yeah.
0: But what's something about you that would surprise us?
3: Huh. You know an awful lot about me. There's not much I can surprise you with. Let me see if this would work. When I was 21, I procured a chauffeur's license and became a bus driver. Did that surprise you? That did surprise me.
0: <laughs> so what did that end up? What did you do with that chauffeur's <laughs> <box> license?
3: <laughs> what I ended up doing was um, working for LNS Summer Day Camp for kids, which I thought was going to be perfect because here I was. my My degree was in elementary education. I thought, this is perfect. I'm going to have little first or second or third graders that I can – take to little parks and play games and do the whole thing. And it didn't turn out that way at all. I was selected to be the one that would take on the teenage girls. So we had girls from maybe 12, 13, 14 years old. Now tell me what you think, how much you think they're going to love being in day camp. Not, not much. You know, they probably had been in the same day camp since they were little. And, um, and here they were with me. Well, it turned out to be one of the greatest summers for us all. We, we had our own bus. I did need a chauffeur's license to do that. So I would drive them from parks to museums to different things. And, and we just, we turned in, we made the summer just the most fun thing ever. It, and we kept in touch for a few years afterwards. It was really fun.
0: Wendy Oaks, I have a time machine. It's sitting here on the desk. And you'll see there's a big button there that I I can press. You can go back in time and have lunch with anyone in history. Who would it be and why? (laughs) Abraham
3: Lincoln. We're going to jump into Abraham Lincoln again. But I also have a second one, and this might surprise you, but it would be Anne Frank. And she was part of a Jewish family. Uh, she had a mother and father. Otto was the father, and and then and then were two girls. So Margot was her sister, who was three years older. You know, I was fascinated with that because when I was probably thirteen or fourteen, I came across the book, The Diary of Anne Frank, and I fell in love with that. I fell in love with the Jewish people. I felt a tremendous amount of empathy. So I, I you know, when I think about the horrendous of that whole situation. I, it's something I'll, I just cannot understand and never will. How you can have such hate toward a whole race of people doesn't make sense to me at all. But I've, I, it, it occurs to me that just as we're sitting here talking and we're t- thinking about Abe Lincoln and Anne Frank, I think I must be drawn to them because of an empathy that I feel that they had to go through. And I, I mentioned people who have been through strife and come out on the other side. And there's been unbelievable good that came from it. Mm -hmm. So I guess it fits with my personality. We go back to the positivity and trying to see the good in it. And when I see lives that have been touched because of the life of this girl, she died at 15, and yet her writing skills and her talents and expressing herself, talk about communication, have have touched the world. I don't know how many countries, all the countries.
0: So you sit down to lunch with Anne Frank. What's your first question for her?
3: That's a good question. I guess I wouldn't even start with a question. I would want to tell her how sorry I was (laughs) that she had to go through what she had to go through. And I guess I would, you know, we can read in her books and read between the lines as to, what she was feeling about the situation. She had some down days and there were writings in that diary that talked about how futile it felt. And, and, uh, and yet other days when she could look up in the sky and she could say, gosh, the, the future looks really bright. This won't always be this way. And I guess I would ask her, did you do more looking in the sky than down? Mm-hmm. and And how did you how did you stay there? How did you stay looking up?
0: Wendy, what's one of your happiest memories in your life?
3: Oh, I've got a lot of them. Um, you know, you kind of divide your years into categories, so childhood and then teens and then early twenties and so on. And so if it's okay, I think I'm going to answer in those categories a little bit probably my first happy really happy happy memory was my first bicycle which I got at probably five or six or something like that bright blue and to me that was a symbol of freedom and I you know I was lucky enough at 77 almost 78 years old I I my major childhood growing up years were in the 50s and that was a peaceful time in our world you didn't lock doors and you if you were a mom or dad, you said, bye, be sure you're home by dinner. And so off we'd go on our bike for blocks and blocks. (laughs) So um, that was a happy time and and a, a, a time that I really experienced joy and the freedom of that. And maybe the next time would be getting engaged. So I was 20, just about 20, just about ready to turn 20 when that happened. And then, I would say the day of my marriage was a very, very happy memory. And that was at age 22. And then I think that I would land on um, the birth of my sons. Now, I'm not saying that having the birth was happy. But you weren't in a hallway. Right. (laughs) I wasn't in a hallway. I did have a very comfortable situation in that deal. Um, And... um, you know, just when I think back to that, holding that miracle of all miracles, the I don't have words for it, except it had to be happy. And, and, and seeing and feeling that this incredible oneness you have with this man, I mean, a baby comes from the root of a great love of a man and a woman. Mm. And here's this... <laughs> Beautiful miracle, miracle of miracles. That would have to probably top everything.
0: I'm having a memory of watching Brie being born, and I, I thought it it was a miracle. I, I mean, I I remember when her head popped out. Oh. But then I also remember feeling kind of bad because I didn't really have to do any of the work.
3: <laughs> Lucky <laughs> you.
0: <laughs> Harry over here had the scream heard round Denver.
3: Oh, man, I think I was... it was got to Wyoming at least (laughs) right absolutely Uh, yeah don't feel bad about that at all either (laughs) (laughs) nope
1: a friend of mine posted this week when we talk about the joy uh, that Wendy emanates and the positivity and the hope Um, there's a Van Gogh that I didn't know about until a friend uh, posted it this week but I'm going to show it to Wendy right now
3: Van Gogh wow Wow.
1: Yeah, doesn't that just... There's always a tunnel we're going to go through in life, right? Are there a few tunnels? Yeah, and, and we talk about the light at the end of the tunnel and, right. and, and the people that bring that. Because there has to be people that bring the light at the end of the tunnel. And even <laughs> or else people who are
3: willing to shine their flashlight to help you get there, I think. At least I sure had that. Man. Anyway, that came back to mind, so I looked at up really quickly to
1: show you because um yeah Wendy is that one of those lights that guides you helps guide you through the tunnel you need those people in your life you need the people oh boy and when light comes in the darkness we've been talking a lot about that lately the darkness is gone yeah because now there's light yeah i just i guess i just want to say thank you for being that light for not just our family but um there's a joke that goes around with the women Matt that um no, I think that Wendy loves me most. <laughs> no I right. I got a note from her today that said that, <laughs> Right. Yeah. I just know one of my favorite things about you is um if you spend the day with Wendy Oaks if you're ever blessed to do that before you go to bed at night, you look forward <laughs> There's one text, one last text she'll get at the end of the night, and it says, it usually starts with, it starts in various ways, but I love it when it starts with, before my head hits the pillow. (laughs) I just want to say. Yeah, yeah.
3: It was fun walking through the tunnel with you. Right, (laughs) right. Shine our lights together.
1: Right, right. We stumbled,
3: we fell. Yeah. And we got I think it. there's something in that, Teresa, as you say that. I think we might be the ones, uh, or we're fortunate enough sometimes to be the ones to be able to shine the light. But it reflects back. No matter what it is you put out there, it comes back so many multifold. So I don't know whether it's a reflection of the light. I, I don't know. I'd have to think about that a little bit, but you don't do it alone you know we do life together we do so when we were talking about mentoring and how we we came together and 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 maybe in the beginning that's what you kind of thought this was a mentoring relationship but you know two people together are mentors together and you learn from each other and you love each other and you cry together and you laugh together, and it's, it's not one way. It just never is. Yeah. It isn't. Yeah. At some
1: point, it shifted to a sacred, just a sacred space yeah. where both of us um, could be Yeah. who we were.
3: Yeah. Boy, that's a gift when you can be with a friend or a colleague or I just think a friend um, who you can be completely safe. You don't have to check your brain every time you think about what's going to come out of my mouth, but you can be yourself. Right. That's a real gift. He's He's still over there. Sorry. (laughs) He's just taking it in. He's taking in that conversation.
0: We'll put a link to that Van Gogh on the website, justoverthefence.com. Look for Wendy Oaks and scroll down and you can see this painting. Oh, okay. You send out your annual family letter Yes. When and why? Well, that does have a, that
3: does have a story. <laughs> Most people send their Christmas letter every year, right? To update everyone on their family news, and uh, we send out a Groundhog Days letter. <laughs> and I think we're on a, I think we're on our thirty eighth year of that. From nineteen eighty to nineteen ninety one, I owned with a wonderful friend and partner uh, a store that was called Something Special, and later, as we were uh, attempting to um, grow, um, we changed the name to Initial It. So it was a personalized gift store and wonderful years of just wonderment and great gifts that came back to me. But if you own a store, (laughs) Christmas time is not the time. You have a lot of extra time to send out Christmas cards. So February second is kind of low in the year. (laughs) There's not a whole lot going on. So that seemed like a good time. How about Groundhog's Day?
1: And all these years later, it's still the one and
3: only Groundhog's Day letter the (laughs) Wiesner family receives. (laughs) I do think a couple of people have picked up on it and maybe have sent an Easter thing or a Valentine thing. And I figure people really will read that letter. It's not in a package of, of, you know, 15 other Christmas cards that came that day. Maybe it was a little selfish, too. I wanted him to see my letter and pay attention to my wonderful family.
1: Tell us a little bit about your mom and dad. Maybe um, what did
3: they do uh, here in Denver? Were they born and raised in Denver? They were not. They were okay. not. My mother was born in Saltville, I think Saltville, Virginia. And my father was born in Michigan. And um, and they met uh, because my dad went to Harvard. My mother went to Radcliffe, I think that's correct um but before she before my mom went to as a freshman she was given a graduation gift of a, a cruise my dad was on that cruise so they met then and the rest is kind of history they they were close in school kinds of things and they were married early my mother was 19 and my dad was 21 and they were married a long time well over 50 years Gosh, my dad was in business for for a period of time, and um, his real love was the political scene, and he went and taught some poli-sci up in Boulder, and he was later the assistant to the Republican state chairman under uh, the years when Governor Love was the governor. So my mom got kind of swept up in that world they were very different my dad was very very uh, extroverted and my mother was very introverted she would be very happy to live on an island that had a library with a lot of books she could live alone with books um but they had a very wonderful experience uh my dad was appointed to the racing commission that was when we had dog racing and horse racing and Colorado and then was then appointed to the national level and then the international level so they went to places like Ireland and <laughs> got to see the world in uh, you know for for work for play kind of things so uh, they had a real interesting go of it and they had their struggles my mom and dad like everybody and my mom is one of the people that affected my life, immensely again someone I really appreciate Men, my dad too my dad was key to my faith starting with the little cross he gave me at age four and after I was married and had kids we did a little bible study together and things like that so it was really neat but my mom had a a, a way about her and a wisdom about her that was uh very unique and um she She just was wise in the things she said. Like she would say, um, all of life's disappointments, or many of life's disappointments, come out of high expectations. So if you just lower your expectations a bar or two, you're going to be good. (laughs) So that's that's good. She had funny things to say, too. She would say, eat some butter. It's great for your skin.
1: (laughs) Okay. I (laughs) love your mother. Oh, yeah. Yeah.
0: (laughs) Harry gets most of her calcium from butter. Yeah, oh,
1: yeah, my dairy is butter.
3: Oh, so. <laughs> absolutely. <laughs> oh, yeah. yeah. So she gave you a lot of really wise, wonderful things to me.
0: Could you fill in this blank for me? Yep. A okay. successful marriage is mostly about
3: good communication. And when I say good communication, that really includes wonderful listening. Listen well.
0: Wendy tell us about someone who has either been kindest to you or maybe the biggest influence on your life tell us about that person
3: okay um, I have to go back to my mom again um, huge influence on my life my my mom you know she she just she had a, a life that was hard I think would be the way I would say it she her dad died when she was young she was maybe seven and um, she became the mother to her mother reversed roles because um, that's how it was and um, that had to be really hard and then um, she overcame some tremendous obstacles of uh, one was her uh, was battling alcoholism and she beat it and it was incredible how she did that she must have been in her late 50s then i'm thinking and she lived to 81 so you know that just is amazing to me she had uh lung cancer um beat that um well she had breast cancer and she beat that and after that, she had lung cancer. And I think I mentioned she she lived far longer than doctors. I think she just wanted to be obstinate. You're not going to tell me when I'm going to die. Right. And I think that's what she'd say right to them. What are you saying? You're not God. Right. So I can remember when she got that diagnosis. My my brother and I, our niece was going to be married out in California, and so while my mom was in the hospital kind of recuperating and telling the doctor she would just jolly well be ready when she was ready, um, we, we brought an airline ticket and stuck it on her bulletin board for her to go to that wedding. She just got herself well, and we got on the plane, and we went to that wedding. Wow. And that's the kind of thing she was. What that's... that was for her? I, I know something I need to mention about her. Absolutely. And this would include my dad, too. Probably the top thing was they taught me to believe in myself. So what I mean by that is, you know, as a little person, I can remember them, and it feels like it was every day. I'm sure it wasn't, but it feels like it was because it was ingrained in me. They would say, you know, you can do just about anything you want in life. You can be whoever you want. You can do whatever you want. And you will. And so I believed that <laughs> and went on to do my life. That's really important for parents to give that message. Education, that was another thing. Um, she, would, she had the philosophy that education was f- something far more beyond the classroom. It was in the classroom, but much more. So travel was important to her, and she um, made sure that we took trips that would be not only fun, but educational. We went to did the Williamsburg and all the historical things, but did many wonderful, fun things. And she believed there's education in that. One of the things she would say was, live your life in the present. Live today. Don't waste your time going back or going forward. Tomorrow is Tomorrow is going to be another today, pretty soon. So you're going to miss today if you don't. And she really lived life that way. Um, I can remember in the in those wonderful years that we had, that she was in the process of dying from this lung cancer. We would, I would say to her, I, I I just I hope there's going to be a telephone in heaven because I'm going to have questions. And I'd give anything. I'd just you know when you say who would you like to go back and have lunch with. The truth is, I like to have lunch with my mom. There's questions I still didn't get answered, and and want to. But I had this little flipper book, you know, that you like the perpetual calendars and stuff. There were questions that that were, you know, questions you always wanted to know. So simple things like who was your favorite um, grade school teacher and who, you know. What was your favorite vacation, and and so we did that together. I said, "Mom, I I need to know some things about you," because she didn't want to look back in the back, but she would say, "Just live in today and and be present wherever you are," and that was good advice. Mm-hmm.
1: So, Wendy, uh, the final question that we ask everybody on our show is, "What would you like to throw just over the fence? A piece of wisdom, advice, hindsight." tunnel
3: flowage (laughs) whatever (laughs) what is it you would like to do it has to do with the importance of gratitude so let's zero in on that the importance of gratitude and then i would say every day that we are blessed to live on this earth is a gift every day and i am not such a pollyanna to believe that every day is wonderful it isn't I mean, look what we've just come through. My goodness, we've got this COVID stuff and kids are in and out of school and they don't know what to expect and uh, ups and downs in our, our country is at, at unrest and a lot of violence is going on. That's hard, hard to see. But the truth is that every day is a gift. And I need to explain a little bit about that, because in in the gift is the word gratitude. It has to be part of that. Anne Voskamp wrote a book called A Thousand Gifts, which is one of my all-time favorites. And and uh, is someone else I really admire because of a hard thing she had to go through and get on the other side. And she shared uh, getting on the other side in this book. She uh, at the age of four witnessed the death of her baby sister got run over by a delivery truck or something. I'm trying to remember exactly. But anyway, profoundly, as it would, uh, affected her from that day on. And she carried that sadness, uh, maybe even depression, into her adult life. And um, she explains in the book that she had a friend who loved her and wanted to help her. And so this friend suggested that she stop every day and look for gifts in her life and begin to think about writing down a thousand gifts. So she meant what she meant was not something that you were going to ask for for your birthday or go out and buy, but gifts that were already there. They're right around you all the time. Well, first of all, she looked at a thousand. that seemed overwhelming. And I'm not sure she really wanted to look look at the good at the gifts but she said okay I'll do it so she they had six kids she and her husband had six kids so their their lives were busy so she was in the kitchen or the or washing clothes practically all the time so she kept her list in the kitchen and started it and one of the first things she saw was i think the sun coming through the kitchen window and and seeing the the wooden floor and the and the and the shadows that were cast because of the sun that happened and she started getting the idea, so she wrote that down, and, and then, and then the smell of the bread that she made every day. She made fresh bread every day for so coming that, oh man, can't you just smell that even now, uh, coming from your oven, homemade bread or the sounds of the children outside playing tag or whatever they were doing. Um, little simple things that were they're so easy to overlook because we just take it for granted but she came, became more and more aware of it and became easier and easier and easier to write write those. And what she found is that in embracing the things she could be grateful for, she was embracing gratitude. And, and the product of gratitude was joy. So the, the, the gratitude lifted her spirits, which she called joy. Mm. And Uh, So if we could just learn that joy is hidden in gratitude. So learn to express gratitude. And uh, along the way, I wish you joy because you'll find it.
0: Hey, Harry, what was it like for you to have a chance to sit down with one of your mentors like this today?
1: Yeah, it was amazing. Like we've heard from the other seven episodes people in the close circle of the people we're interviewing learn a lot. So sit down and ask the questions because wow, it's fun. It's amazing.
0: Yeah. Hey, I thought you had, and a friend of yours, you were talking with a friend, you had this idea. Maybe we should add a little more music sometimes to the end of these episodes. Yes. And so I was thinking about what music would go along with this episode. And when Wendy was talking about it was, it was when she was telling about Anne Frank and looking up. Right. The song came to mind. And I think we've roped Bree into agreeing to sing this.
1: I think we have. Will you play? Or do you want me to play? Will you play? I, I would gladly play. Will you let me play?
0: <laughs> I would love to. Really? Yeah.
1: <laughs> Tambourine again? Tambourine. Here
0: you go. <laughs> Wees, can we talk <laughs> you? Can we rope you into this song? Yes. We uh, we got to see Lauren Daigle last summer at Red Rocks. What's your top memory of that concert?
2: Uh, what was the song called? It's one that they put the words on the thing.
0: Oh yeah, they they projected the words, the lyrics up on the rocks. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, uh, I will rescue you. Yep. Is that yes. Good? Yeah. That's my top memory, too.
1: Yeah, that was a powerful moment. Mm -hmm. That was one of those surreal moments. Yeah, I agree. She had a powerful voice, didn't she? Yes. Mm -hmm.
0: So she wrote this song, and it came to mind when Wendy was talking about Anne Frank and Looking Up. This is Look Up, Child.
2: Where are you now when darkness seems to end?
1: Thanks, Bree. That was awesome.
0: Harry, what a joy today. Oh my gosh. And, uh, Can't
1: uh, wait to do it again.
0: Yeah. We're uh, kind of planning a little family episode next time and kind of a best of 2020. There's a lot about 2020 that is not <laughs> a best of, but uh, just over the fence has been a bright spot for us for sure, and uh, we're going to listen back to some of the wisdom that people have shared with us over this last year and also some of the musical highlights and also some wisdom we're going to get our family together
1: going to get our crew together crew of nine and
0: see what they have to share what they want to throw out just over the fence yeah
1: youngest will be two zoe our youngest granddaughter and then there's kendra who Mm -hmm. comes in at nine and then we go upwards we won't say
0: who the oldest is okay
2: And then there's me, the literal pinnacle of
1: the whole family.
0: Your siblings may have a different feeling on that, but uh, we'll see. We'll see what happens. We'll hash that out next month.
1: Yes, just over the fence.
0: Make it a great month.